you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top here recording podcast episode 103 what's up neil what up man 103 yeah 103 warmed up a little bit for you today out there yeah man wasn't bad wasn't bad we at got all. another great guest tonight we've oh, got yeah. lee Beely, aka glory days welcome thanks for having me yeah we're oh, glad you could thank be here you. thank you for coming and bringing bourbon yeah what'd you bring <laughs> us well i got this uh let's see it's my first time having this so i'm no expert but it's uh bell mead Sour mash. See, this is a first for Straight all bourbon of us too. Yeah, we we've never um, had, I've never had it. Have you? I've never <laughs> had it, but I will tell you, with almost certainty, that it's fantastic because my producer Josh Josh Frigo down in Nashville gave it to me for my birthday, and he is he doesn't he doesn't fail on the he whiskey. doesn't play around he doesn't fail at all actually <laughs> he really he really doesn't he really doesn't so um one of those guys huh? i have the utmost confidence that this is yeah. gonna be fantastic all right let's see if he's got well, the magic touch. i will tell you i was at cox's liquor the other day and they had that in the locked up cabinet so in the locked up cabinet? yeah yeah dude so we're being treated we're being treated sounds like it was meant to be thank you well cheers cheers, <laughs> cheers. I'm, I'm coming cheers. in brother. i'm coming in for one of those thank you thank you <laughs> Oh yeah. Like I said. Yeah. Dude. That is that is <laughs> that dude is right. <laughs> that is awesome. There's, that is really good. Damn, that's smooth. That yeah. is smooth. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'll be honest, I'm not really that cool. I don't usually drink straight liquor, but this I, is worthy of it. I yeah. honestly didn't start till about hundred and three episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it Neil uh-huh. started out like you are there. He started out with a little ice and then yeah. uh I guess he got tired of asking me for ice. That's exactly what happened. I still would prefer ice, but I got so sick of making him, you know, run down right before hey, the show. Now you got a bucket of ice. No, right this there. is too good now. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah, this is really good. Well done. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thank, thank you, Josh. You, Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we start off with the same question on this uh, podcast. If you'll take us back to childhood and your early memories of music and share with us what you remember about that and maybe when when did you realize that you were going to make music a big part of your life? Oh, man. I mean, I remember feeling very intensely drawn to the guitar from a super young age. Um, I mean, I got my first guitar for my birthday when I was nine. And what'd you get, by the way? It was an Ibanez Day Tripper. I still have it. No kidding. Oh, cool. Now I have it. It's Nashville Strong, and it's uh, 
like a, you know, I don't, I don't play it as much, but I don't think I'll ever get rid of it. Oh, you can't now. It's sacred. It's so sacred. There was like one time, I think I was in high school or something, I'd put a sticker on it and then I I woke up one day and realized that this cannot, I take this. It was an ugly (laughs) sticker too. It was terrible. It was like some skateboard sticker. I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? This has to come off right now. This is like, it is such a sacred, uh, you know, simple little guitar, but uh, I'll probably have it forever. Oh, yeah. If you, you ever do anything now. to it, yeah, yeah you need you to can. put it in one of those shadow boxes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm a I'm a guitar nerd. I love everything oh, I about go, it. Yeah. I could go all day. Um, yeah, it was like a three-quarter size. You know, I was nine. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it, it was perfect for me. I was going to say, if it was too big, um, you'd probably been like, this guitar thing's terrible. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, you know, at that age, I had already felt like I had waited forever. I I had been asking my parents for guitar for y- years really? already, and, and I was nine, so I must have, you know, oh. it goes way back. Wow! And it was it was uh, I definitely cried for sure. <laughs> like it was it was deep deep shit. Like I just felt so. Um, where did that come from? Did you watch your parents play or? No, I, my parents don't, well, my dad actually picked up guitar at this point. It's maybe been like five to seven years ago, but he, and he's good. Hmm. He picked it right up. He just taught, self-taught, just decided, I think he always wanted to learn and just never, I mean, his dad was like kind of a military dude and Mm. I don't, I think maybe discouraged him a little bit from that, but, uh, Mm. Yeah, he rips. I mean, that's wild. And so I think, like, part of me is like, I did get it from him, but it revert. Like, the timing was reversed. You just had to show him. <laughs> but it was always you can do it, Dad. See, <laughs> it was always in him, and then I got that. But other than that, I mean, uh, there's a a picture I have that my grandma gave me and my mom's side of my of her parents playing. It's such a cool picture. Like they're sitting in a living room in Oklahoma, where she's from, and. Uh, well, I guess I guess I'm making up where they are because I don't know, but I know that <laughs> I actually just realized it's so funny the stories we tell ourselves. Huh? Yeah. Um, I have it no. Looks like a picture it, to in me Oklahoma. when I see the picture. It's definitely I know who it is, right? It's my great grandparents, but um, and I'm assuming they're in Oklahoma because that's where they lived. But <laughs> who knows? Uh, and one of them has a one of them has a guitar and one of them has a fiddle. I think. Hmm. Um, so they played, but other than that, I don't. Nobody else in my family plays music. You know, that's wild. And to want something that bad and then finally get it that you actually cried about it when you were nine means, like you said, you had it in your head forever. And it's just, it's wild because most of the time there's like that pinpoint moment. You know, like, did you see a a concert or did you see music on TV? That's just wild that you just had it in you that you were dying for a guitar as a child. Yeah, I'm trying to think uh, I'm trying to think if there was something like that, but I mean, I remember we were still living in this apartment on Anza Avenue in Torrance, so it was like I couldn't have been more than I couldn't have been 5 yet. Um and they had these like it's crazy because sometimes I feel like I made this up because I've never seen one of these since. But, you know, in the at the grocery store, they'll have like the little toy, plastic toys and stuff at the checkout. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, they used to back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Um, now it's probably like digital 
<laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. PlayStation gift card. Yeah, some kind of app yeah, download card. or something. Um, and, and, and those uh, but, 99 cent flashlights. Yeah. <laughs> they had a, it was like this bright orange uh, plastic ukulele, cheap thing. And I remember like having one and just like strumming the crap out of it and breaking the string. <laughs> um, you know, and so that was three or four. I don't know. I just really felt it. Like, I wanted it so bad. That is neat. Do you remember what music you were listening to or what you were hearing around the house or anything? My earliest memories of listening to music was um, whichever Beatles album has Strawberry Fields on it. Mm. My dad had, my dad always had really nice, I mean, all kinds of tech stuff, but like the stereo was like, you do not touch the stereo. <laughs> it was so, this really nice stereo. Um, you know, huge, lots of buttons on it, especially as a kid. I was just like, ooh. Um, but I was allowed to plug the headphones in, the big quarter-inch headphone jack in the front, and the knob. I mean, the, the volume knob was just like, <laughs> probably as big as my fist at that time, just that huge volume knob. And it was one of those like five-disc CD. Oh, Yeah. Things. So, you know, stick the CD in there. I think that was a two-disc album, whatever it was. Um, and yeah, I would listen to that album like on repeat in the living room with, with these big headphones on. I actually had those headphones up until a few years ago. The, the like headband thing was like a leather thing and it completely disintegrated. It was oh. just like, but I, I, I hung on to them. It was very, uh, very nostalgic. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely um, the Beatles is my earliest memory probably. And then like Neil Young. Um, also, I mean, Blink-182. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Offspring was a huge... I mean, I was obsessed with The Offspring in, in like elementary school and middle school. No kidding, that um, early. Yeah, lots of, lots of uh, pop punk, like especially the Americana album. Uh, oh my God, just iconic. I mean, takes right, me so back. When you, uh, when you get your guitar at nine years old, do you stick to it? I mean, do you mm -hmm. start learning and, and continue mm -hmm. to play? You know, we talked about this, I think, last episode, if not the previous two. Maybe maybe even before that with uh, Bill Muir. We talked about, he was a big fan of Offspring and, and we kind oh, of... Really? Yeah, big Offspring oh, fan, big Nirvana fan. Yeah. Big stuff that is, as an early guitar player, is super accessible and easy to play mm -hmm. because it's bar chords. It's yeah. If you can play a bar chord... And you can train your ear enough to hear those things. It's they make it accessible for for people like you know us when we were you know young and learning how to play. Yeah. Oh an yeah. Instrument. All that pop punk stuff. Yes. So pop how, punk how did was you... huge, man, for for people that as wanted... it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> so at nine years old, how how did you learn? How did you go about? Did you teach yourself? Did no, you take I lessons? I had the or... best guitar teacher. His okay. name is Paul Ellis. Oh man, it. I don't even know. It was just his energy and his vibe. He was just so cool and encouraging. And he, so I do remember before my parents bought me a guitar, they tried to put me in piano lessons because they thought it would be easier. The only reason they didn't give me a guitar earlier is because they were afraid that I would, it, I would be too young and it would be too hard now to get discouraged. Mm. So they thought, you know, piano, it's a linear instrument and it'll be easier to play. And so you learn that and you learn like the basics of music theory and then you can get a guitar and it'll all make sense. 
I hated piano lessons. I hated it so much. I, I remember I had this teacher and she was like, it was just very rigid in like mm-hmm. yeah. classical. I hate classical music. It was like, you know, that it was so stiff. I, I, and if we I think, I think every time rigid, we heard that. Yeah, I think rigid is the perfect word. And I don't think anybody's ever said it like that. But rigid is the perfect word for like being a kid and learning piano lessons. Yeah, it was not fun. And it was like, I didn't want to <laughs> learn whatever songs that they were... They weren't exercises, like they were songs, but I didn't want to learn them. And so Paul Ellis, the greatest guitar teacher of all time, he would we would come in and he was like, Today we're learning Blink 182. Today we're learning <laughs> that Papa Roach riff that's like uh that whatever song that was, you know, like stuff that you were last resort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, stuff that you actually were interested in learning and songs that you were listening to and that felt cool to you. I mean, that was a huge Huge game changer. Game changer. And he just was dope. Like, he just was a cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was a huge... Um, yeah, he was a huge influence. Were you in Oklahoma during this no, time? No, no. I've actually <laughs> never been to Oklahoma. I'm from, I'm from Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm from uh, Torrance, to be specific, which is like... Uh, I always tell people, like, it's either a 30-minute or an hour-and-a-half drive from... <laughs> From downtown, you know, center of LA proper, depending on what time of day you're driving. Um, yeah, don't miss don't miss that traffic. There's things I miss about LA, but man, freeways are not one of them. So what what is uh, just kind of I don't I guess don't want to jump too far ahead, but what uh, how long were you there? When when did you you know come out here and end up in Lowell? We moved out here. Let's see. Uh, wow, my brain. <laughs> Hey, we got I would all the say time a year and a half. I would say a year and a half ago. I don't. What year? It's twenty twenty two right now. Yeah, new transplant. So twenty, the end of twenty twenty, um, my girlfriend and I moved out to Louisville, and it really was like if you had asked me, we moved out like we got here at the beginning of October, and if you had asked me in June or July if I was going to be living in Louisville, I would have been like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> Literally, it was crazy. I mean, it was just like... That was going to be my question. Why Louisville? Well, we both had been wanting to get out of LA. I grew up there. She's lived a bunch of places, but I grew up in LA. And I was just like rearing to get out. Um, But it always was kind of like... First of all, I always had like five different jobs at once. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to... I just like didn't really know how to make the jump to go Mm -hmm. somewhere else. Um, and she had been looking at, um, she's an actress and she wanted to get back into theater. So she had been looking at cities that had good theater companies and lo and behold, uh, Louisville is one of them. Mm. So she kind of mentioned it like, well, what about Louisville? And, and I said, well, how far is it from Nashville? And it was like, Two two and a half hours. Bingo. It's so a, I said, spot, <laughs> I was like, "All right, pack your shit, let's go." <laughs> um, no, but I mean, it, it didn't happen quite that quick, but it, it was like, I don't know, within a month of her saying that, I feel like I was saying, "Okay, let's just do it," because I'm working remotely. I'm working from home anyway, so literally, oh, okay. we can go anywhere. That was a huge. I mean, this whole pandemic has sucked so much, but it was a huge like piece of freedom to be able to work virtually mm-hmm. 
I feel like it, it was part of what allowed me to get out of LA. Yeah. And, um, which I really needed. I went back for the first time over Thanksgiving. So it was like over a year that I had been gone, which was the longest time that I was away from, from home. And I went back and I mean, by the time we, we were leaving LA, I, I was so like resentful about it. And I was like, oh, LA sucks and this and that. You know, I just like, and it was really like, I was mad at myself for not, you know, moving faster, or, like mm-hmm. exploring more quicker or whatever. Yeah. But um, I didn't, you know, I can say that now. I didn't have that awareness at the time. But, you know, going back, I have a whole new appreciation for it. Like I see it in a whole new light. Um, but... In a positive? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I've never been uh, to LA, but I just from, you know, I listen to a ton of podcasts and comedians and, and things like that. And I, it sounds like LA's changed a lot in, in the last few years. So, and, and, and it sounds like a bunch of people have done the same thing as you and just kind of said, look, I'm, let's try something else for mm-hmm. a few years and then, you know, see where we go from here. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, such a brave jump. Did, did you know, did you know anybody here? I, I mean, we didn't know, neither of us had ever been here. <laughs> oh we didn't know anybody here. <laughs> Could you we imagine didn't know that? anybody no. within a hundred miles of here. I mean. It was <sighs> like, I mean, that it's just kind of how we are, though. It it was a perfect. Right. Uh, so <laughs> is it, is it like a combination of scary and super refreshing at the same time? Exciting. It was exhilarating. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember. It's hard being on the other side of it now, but I think I was nervous. I, what I was most nervous about was being queer and moving to the middle of Kentucky. I was like, yeah. shit, yeah. what the <laughs> fuck are we doing? Yeah. Louisville's surprisingly queer, though. Louisville's cool. It's great. L- L- you landed in the perfect city for that, you know? Yeah. My theory is like, I mean, you drive an hour in any direction, it starts to get red, mm-hmm. but everyone sort of congregates yeah. in the city. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and there's enough, the, the great part, there's enough, like you, when... Going, how close is it to Nashville was super key because not only is it Nashville, but Indianapolis and Cincinnati, mm-hmm. there's a ton of cities that are close enough to where you can kind of have a center spot. Yeah, St. Louis is four hours. I mean, there's, there's so much stuff around the area. It's so different. It's, you know, California's really fucking big. I didn't really think of, I've always oh been there. Gosh, I didn't think about it so much, but it's like, especially being in Louisville, I mean, literally 10 minutes, you can be in Indiana. But yeah, yeah. There's so many states that are touching the state. I'm like, yeah, this is yeah. wild, you Everything's know? Here. It is nuts. Yeah, you know, that is wild because especially in LA, you're coastal. So you're mm-hmm. like I in California. It. Oh my God, it's so weird. I, I never know what direction I'm facing here because usually I'd be like, <laughs> where am I? Oh, the beach is that way. So that's west. Yeah. I don't know what. I, I never know what direction I'm facing. I think that's north that way. Where's the city right now? That way? That's no, north, okay, yeah. yeah, we're north. Yeah. <laughs> Nashville. You know what's funny? I've lived here my entire life and I still get, I'm still like that. I'm t- maybe there's I'm no terrible beach. With, you can't, how do you tell? Yeah. I love it's the, the ocean. Well, I don't use directions like that anyway. Or those ordinal directions are like, like when I go to North Dakota to visit my son, that's how they give directions everywhere. Go out highway 111, turn west on, uh-uh. head west on such and such, and then go north from there. That makes no sense yeah. to me. Done. T- tell Lost. me to take a left, you know. At, <laughs> Lost. At would, the gas station and yeah. then right at the, yeah. Where that, go down to the red truck there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go back to nine you know, years I would, old. I, right, will, I would, I would, 
Uh, yeah, I'd love to go back to nine years old. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right, yeah, let's go back to nine years old. I just kind of wanted to go. So, so you're taking lessons on guitar. Mm-hmm. You, you're probably picking it up pretty quick, I'd guess. I mean, I don't want to brag or anything, but um, <laughs> I, I actually... Um, did you play a lot? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just was obsessed. I was obsessed before I had it in my hands. So once I finally got it, I was just like... That's a crazy. full-blown fiend. It's crazy that that translates at that age because, you know, a lot of kids get it in within, you know, 30 minutes. Yeah. Done I'm, with that. Or how your attention changes at that age. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. I'm into something else this week. <laughs> yeah. I can be pretty serious. So yeah. <laughs> I was like very much new. Very much new. My girlfriend's over here laughing your ass off. That's, a, that's the funniest thing you said tonight. <laughs> yeah. She's crying. Crying and dying. Super yeah. serious. I'm going to be a little bit serious, a little bit intense. Um, I don't know. I guess I just knew. I knew. I knew what I wanted. And as soon as you started playing that piano, you knew you didn't want that I knew shit. What You're I, like, all you right, know what? let's go. That's something that as I've gotten older, I've realized in all facets of life, knowing what you don't want mm-hmm. is so powerful. Mm. It's It really helps narrow things down, you know? Yeah. You know, I think there was a lot of people like you at that age that, that were driven to guitar because of piano lessons. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. I was one of them. I did that. and was like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is... That's when you I said rigid, it just... Ding the bell yeah. is the word. There's no room to... Probably 50% of the guests we've had in here. So they started with piano lessons and, and hated, hated it. it. <laughs> that's so That's so funny. But love music There's enough something to in do that. Something. Piano teachers need to need to tune in because yeah. it doesn't yeah. need to... Like, piano can what be so like? cool. What do you like? Oh, my that's God. Like, it, uh, ragtime. Like, if, if my piano teacher was... I mean, imagine a five-year-old playing like, ragtime. But like, like, hey, do you want to learn this? It is such a cool, like... Funky way to play. I love. I love that type of stuff. And you know how good you would be with your left and right hand if you that was what you started learning on piano. You would be your your dexterity in your hands would be so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that's my. I don't know if y'all have this problem, but I don't know understand how I can do this with a guitar with my left hand. But if I turn it around, I can. This is bad. Nah. This, well, I, but the thing is, I'm when you're playing this. guitar, you're the timing of what you're doing yeah. is the same. Like your hand, your finger, your left hand has to be doing the same, <sighs> something at the same time as your right hand is hitting it. But when you're playing piano, it's like playing drums. Like yeah. one hand is doing a completely different ry- rhythmically. You just blew my mind because now I finally understand <laughs> it, it why. Is. Well, piano is a percussive instrument. Dude, when I'm when I'm playing the drums, my right foot has to do, do what my right hand does. Like if I double hit the hi hat, I have to double hit the drum. <laughs> That's why I yeah. suck at drums. Uh-huh. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you blew my mind. Now it makes sense. That makes sense. That's what it is. Because that's what always oh. messes me up when I'm trying to play piano. And that's that's what is so cool about piano is like this hand Independent. is playing its own yeah. thing. Yeah. And the other hand is doing... It, it's a, you know... Blew my mind. Sorry. I just seriously... I. Don't Do we have know. like an explosion sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a sound effects board. We're not that cheesy yet, but we'll get there soon. By yeah. 200, we might have yeah. our own. <laughs> let's let our listeners hear some music. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's listen to Old with? Ways. Tell us about Old Ways. Old Ways. Okay, yeah. so this, um, the version that I sent you is actually the demo that I sent to my producer, Josh. Josh, who also provided... The great bourbon. Josh, delicious bourbon. Thank Shout you. out to Josh. You know, I'm not a big Sour Mash fan, but it's this good. is awesome. This is really good. Yeah. Before yeah. you even go into this, this is not released, right? 
No, not, mm, nothing none we, of this is Reese. None of this. See, well, this is like, <laughs> yeah. I feel so specially privileged. Yeah, this is, this we is get prime do, time. We get to do this and then we get our free our, uh, free concert, concert after. Yeah. That's yeah. the best. We're, we're, <laughs> you guys really set yourselves we're, up, We're huh? lucky, man. <laughs> we're so Got the whole lucky. thing arranged. <laughs> we figured, somehow we, we accidentally figured something out around here. Yeah, we you got know? something going, right? And, yeah. you, and you brought us bourbon. Yeah. It makes it even better. I do what I can. Thanks, you know. Josh. That doesn't Again, happen every time. And to share it with us is so nice. Of course. Yeah. All right. I, mean, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring to attention that this is not <laughs> this is new material. This is stuff that is gonna be upcoming and is I'm I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. uh so all three of these songs that you're gonna play tonight are off my upcoming EP, which is coming out April 9th. No, the release show is April 9th. Um, Where's it? Where? The Hill Figs, who I know you guys oh, are familiar yeah. with. Love the Hill, Hill Figs. Figs and I are doing a dual release show at Whirling Tiger. Shut okay. Up. AKA used to be the Odeon. That's yeah. the Whirling Tiger, yeah, so, right? Well, I'll be seeing you guys there. Yes. Yeah. We'll be there. Wait, yeah. April. April 9th. It's a Saturday. Ooh, it's spring break. Spring man. break. If I'm here, if you I'm in town, I will be, be there. <laughs> I'm in I, town, I brought bourbon. There. You're Come right. on. You're right. <laughs> I, just, um, I promise. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, Go at the end of vacation. I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that there's not going to be a, any room in that room anyway I for me ho- to I sneak hope you're into. Right. I, I hope I'm, you're right. Yeah. Collie and I are really scheming on how to fill this place up. I think uh, y'all yeah. kill it. I hope so. I think y'all absolutely kill um, it. Yeah. But so this song, Old Ways, is... Uh, I didn't... There's only four songs on the EP, so I didn't want to completely blow it all. So I thought I'd I'd uh, send one of them as a demo. And I actually found this demo recently. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, because the, the final version ended up sounding different and way better. Thanks, Josh. That's just like the, <laughs> it's a, it's a tagline now. Um, but there's stuff in this demo that I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, why didn't we do that? Uh, yeah, so I thought it'd be interesting to, to just share. I love seeing the uh, evolution okay, too yeah. by yeah. the end of it. So we got the demo of old ways. There All it is. Right. Old ways. The past got its hold on me. I'm stuck in the doorway. You're out on the street. I'm dying to let it go. Dying to let this be I'm so lucky to live like I do, man Some people just die in their sleep Just like the movies Just like a TV screen It 
Doesn't feel real some nights, but I just keep replaying these scenes. Nice. You got Thank you. a quality in your voice. I was listening to it today and I was like, I mean, it's just, in that one in particular, it's haunting. I mean, it's got a, like a real haunting quality. Maybe that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Depending on what you're singing, you have an ability to kind of manipulate the feel of, of the tone of your voice, if that makes any sense whatsoever, mm-hmm. because you were... Listening to, um, I don't remember the song today, but there was such a bluesy, like R&B overture to what you're singing compared to what you're playing. And and this one is kind of like the same. Everything is real kind of haunting and lies, but the tone and the the quality that your voice brings, it's like chills up your spine type of stuff. I love it. Thank you. That's awesome. Then you put on top of that some great lyrics. Yeah. That's a... Yeah gotta be my favorite compliment of all time i mean i oh my god i just choosing being able to find the exact words to describe a feeling Mm -hmm. like an intangible a thought a feeling an experience that you know you had but you can't you can't have my experience Mm -hmm. you know not the same not the experience the closest you can get and maybe I'm biased, but like music gives you so many layers to work with to mm. to communicate, right? You, like you have the the words in the lyrics, but you also have the the timing and the rhythm of the lyrics. And then you have the melody. All those things can say different, can c- communicate different mm-hmm. things. And then you have the underlying chords and the arrangement that you choose. There's so much the ooze to in paint the background with. on top. I mean, just. Like you said, the word "perfect paint." Like you're, you throw the the, the ooze deep in the background, like mm-hmm. there are, and that, like you said, that's just a demo, and you already can kind of, you feel what you're. I can't wait to hear it now because I don't know how you could get much better. But you know, watching, uh, you know what Neil's talking about. I mean, the emotion that came over you just talking about your writing. You know, that comes through to the listener when you sing. You know, mm-hmm. you could feel that in a song. And I did the same thing. You know, a couple of those, you know, you feel chills come up on your arm just because, you know, you hear you hear the word and, and you hear your vocals and everything just 
sits perfect. You know, mm. so Josh has got his work cut out. He's yeah, <laughs> Josh, you're gonna do better than that, man. Good lord, he did, he did. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, so when really uh, nice. when did you start writing? Oh man, I mean, I are you gonna say three? <laughs> when I was six, I got pen and paper and I really started crying. I was like, Honestly, <laughs> knowing me, chances are it's possible. Yeah. Um, I feel like my writing comes from, I have always loved to read. Mm. Like from, yes, from a child. You're one of those kids, huh? <laughs> You're Just one of the loved, kids that's over reading a book. Loved reading. Um, I just wait. What was the question? I just drifted. Just when you started. When writing. you started. Oh, writing. when I started writing. Yeah, I just went. I went. Took a trip down memory lane there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I was writing like little poems and stuff like that before I was. I was writing songs, and I mean, I didn't start when I first got the guitar. I was just really trying to get my bearings on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was. I didn't start writing songs right away. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I remember the f- first song that I wrote. That would be uh, interesting to try and dig that up. I can't. Yeah, I don't remember really right interesting. now. Um, <laughs> but I definitely, you know, I started out like writing poems and stuff. And um, then when I was in like probably seventh grade, I started a band with a couple of my friends. And we were writing stuff together. And that was very much in like the the offspring days, we'll call them. You know, it was very um power chord <laughs> punk heavy distortion vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it just sort of evolved from there. I mean, I I've always considered myself really more of a songwriter than a musician. Not that I don't consider myself a musician, but like specifically the songwriting part of it is like I just get this euphoric feeling when I start writing mm. and I'm like getting into something that feels like literally nothing else. I mean, I don't know how to explain mm, it. Yeah. It's like, it feels like all like all the puzzle pieces of the universe are coming together and I'm like figuring out, like it all makes sense, you know? It has to feel like, I would, I, what I would imagine a painter finishing a piece of art when it's done or starting a piece, knowing what they want to create mm-hmm. and seeing the blank canvas, you know, I think people that write are just as creative. It, it, it's a different type of creative, but it, I mean, you know, I always wish that I could, was visually gifted when it came to drawing or, but when you really break it down, you're still creating something out of nothing and you're putting oh, yeah. so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. You more so than me when you write, I, just from the songs that I've heard, I can tell you put so much more of yourself on the page and your emotion into the page that, that you know, you are painting such a precise, amazing piece of art it, it, with words, which is mm-hmm. blows my mind. It blows my mind when you can see and feel and, and experience. Like you said, you can't, go through what I've been through. But when you can convey it mm-hmm. in the inflection in your voice and the lyrics that you uh, mm-hmm. create, and, and it's just, it's wild, man. Music's a wild medium. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you like sort of hit the nail on the head there when you were like, I don't remember exactly the words you said now, but like you're, 
you know, when you're creating anything, but, you know, we'll just use writing a song for an example. It makes sense right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're writing a song, it's like, there was nothing, before the song was there, there was nothing there. There was mm. nothing. Yeah. It didn't exist. And then you're, you're bringing this thing into, you're like, you know, sucking it into, and like pulling all these things <laughs> and trying to like fit it together. And it's so, you know, Creation. When you're when you're not in, I I mean any any songwriter any musician that writes can relate to this like feeling when, when you're like I want to write a song, but the, the song's not there. <laughs> it's just not there, yeah. you know. But when the song is there, or when it's starting, because it it doesn't just come, it doesn't just all of a sudden it's there, but it just creeps in, mm -hmm. you know. And you get these pieces, and the words are coming, and then. Oh my God. It's like, it's like drugs. It's the best drugs. It's just <laughs> yeah. so good. There's it, nothing, nothing feels better than when a song is coming together. Yeah. And, and you're, you nailed it there with you. When you try, when you force it, mm -hmm. what are you making? You know, I think a lot of those feel forced. They, they, they lack emotion. They lack some of the, uh, some of what you really go for when you're trying to really make a piece of music and make, mm -hmm. make it gut punching or uh, make somebody feel what you're trying to feel. So how do you learn to persevere through a song without forcing it? You put it away. That's how I do it. I don't know how yeah. everybody else does um, it. Some people just write. So I, I don't know. I feel like... I guess this is kind of like a B part to that. Because if, if you hit a snag... It's in a process of, of, do you get all you, do you walk away? And if you do, when you get your stuff, does it come like that? And does it come maybe three songs and then for six months, there's nothing. And then all of a sudden, here's three or four more things. And then. It's definitely sporadic. Yeah. I know some people that are like, I, I make time for writing every Tuesday and I, <laughs> I put in three hours every Tuesday and like that works for them. But I just have always. I mean, I think a lot of it comes just from sort of being lazy about it. Like, I don't, I don't know. The song's not, like, it's just not there. I'm not going to sit down and try to force it. Mm -hmm. um, but, wait, what was the question? I think you would restart with yeah, this. bourbon spitting. I, 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 was, uh, <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking about the, oh, the line stuck. between, yeah, like how yeah. to persevere through a sticking point and how Gosh. not to force. How, how do you know it's time to step away or how do you know it's time to just sit there and let the wheels turn, you know? I mean, when I'm writing... I'll, I, I have like a very uh, specific way of like, um, of uh, titling my voice memos. Voice memo, like iPhone voice memos is like the, Huge. the tool. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. There's no, that no, cult no. of the voice memo cult for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, like I'll have a way of titling my voice memos. And a lot of times, uh, man, I mean... <laughs> I'll come across something that is just, Hilarious. I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> you know? And usually it's the ones where I'm somewhere, you know, I'm out somewhere, I don't have my guitar and I have like a melody in my head, but like I, I'm in public, so I don't want to be loud. So I'm literally, I'll like, you know, get really close to the microphone. I'm like, you know, and I listen to it back and I'm like, what was I trying to, how did I think that was, at the time when I did that, I know that I was like, oh my God, this, this is, is brilliant. This is amazing. And then I listen back and I'm just like, 
what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> um, but to answer your question, I don't know. I think the best stuff just flies out all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I do, you know, record as much of an idea as I can. And I think what I've realized over time is like a lot of a lot of times if I leave something. I won't come back to it. And if I do come back to it, I come back to it like years later. Mm. And oh, sometimes, well, yeah. sometimes it's because I couldn't write the second verse because I didn't have the experience that I needed mm. to have. That's an interesting To be able to, to write. Like mm-hmm. there was nothing to pull from. Take that. To write it. Walk away and live a little bit. Right in your yeah. life, right in your yeah, life I mean, as not, you go. Not, in, not yeah. intentionally, but mm. I've noticed that that's happened a handful of times. Huh. That's super. That's that's pretty. That's interesting, because I'm I'm like that. I I I can kill a verse and a chorus, and then yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see that in another four or five years. But I've never thought it, that's a cool way to come back and look at it and be like, oh, wow, look where I was then, and then kind of go from there. That well, because you can mm-hmm. feel like you start to you start to feel yourself forcing it. It's like something subtle that you. The, it's like you know the more you do it the better you get at it but you start to realize like there's a there's a fine line between i'm like kind of just making stuff up now to fill this space and i'm i'm feeling stuck but i'm on the edge of something so i need to keep mm. i i need to not get up and start doing other things like i should keep sitting here a little bit longer mm. and yeah. it's just like something uh that i think comes with writing a billion songs a bunch of bad yeah. ones and some good mm-hmm. ones too. Yeah. Just like yeah. doing it and doing it and doing it. Yeah. Sometimes you got to write the bad ones to get them out of the oh, way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's a hunk of shit, but it was in my head. Gotta so do it now bad. it's out. Mm-hmm. Got to do it bad before never, you do it better. Yeah, you ever never, no, no, I like that. Got to do it bad before you do it better. That's a song right there. That is. <laughs> there you go. Somebody else write it. <laughs> Not it. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do so it you started a band at... In seventh grade, did you continue that through high school? And at what point did you realize, you know, this is something I'm going to do <laughs> big time? It's actually a funny story. Um, yeah, started in seventh grade, and I think it lasted about through high school. And then we all went to different schools after that. And it just, it's very hard uh, to be in a band when one of you is in Washington, D.C., and the other <laughs> one's in Orange County. And, you know, it's pretty hard, so. Yeah, it's hard um, enough to get I, a drummer to come to practice when they live in the same yeah. city. Right. This is the, before <laughs> the days of Zoom, when I'm, I don't know, maybe people can't pull that off now, but uh, um, I remember vividly in high school thinking, uh, God, I hope this band never breaks up because the last thing I want to do is be on stage by myself singing and playing guitar. <laughs> Fast forward a decade and literally it's like all, all I'm trying to do with my life. <laughs> um, but there definitely was like a transition that had to happen uh, for me to get there. Because, I mean, first of all, there was like a genre transition. Like I had to find the sound, mm-hmm. which I feel like I didn't really fully tap into until this this EP. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. You've Which, had a lot of success with your other EP and uh, other stuff you've done. So to think that for you to consider that says a lot. Yeah. It's it's funny. I was listening to the, to you know, it's been, I, I released that first EP in 2015, February 2015, I think. So it's been 
uh, almost or seven years. Seven years this I guess. month. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, it's February. Yeah. 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 Um, lucky number seven. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to it and it like there's a couple songs. There's one song in particular that I'm like, oh, this is like, I it's called Could But I Won't and I and I listen to that song now and I'm like, this is, this is fire. Like this is good. At the time when I put it out. I put that song on the EP for me, which you should always just put shit on whatever for yourself. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking like, no one's going to care about this song but me. Like this is just, it's like way too, it's too intense and it's it's all, you know, I feel like no one's really going to care about it. And it turned out to be the most popular song on the EP. But, mm -hmm. um, and there's definitely something to that. Like I, I did have the intuition and like the sense for it. And I think yeah. part of, part of why it's been more successful than the song is, is because I f it felt so authentic to me. Yeah. So I was able to deliver it in a way, you know, and then there's some other stuff I was to on that EP that I'm like, oh my God, I, <laughs> like I want to take this down. I don't want to, like, this is not what I want. But, you know, I'm really trying to resist. I'm really trying to just, you know, because I hate when, when, when artists take down their old stuff yeah, that I can't. liked, you know? Yeah. I understand it <clears throat> as being the artist and, you know, feeling like that about my own stuff, but also I'm like, ah. You know, like, where's that J. Cole mixtape from, you know, you know it, 2000, it, whatever. It also allows for you to show an evolution of yourself. It yeah. shows yeah. that, look, you know, that here's a younger version of what you are now. I mean, it's just, a, you continue to grow. You continue mm -hmm. to um, allow yourself to change and not be the same thing you were the, you know, previous thing, which I don't think, I think that's what most people would want is, is a bit of an evolution. So I, th I think it's, I personally like it. I like to be able to hear what you were, where you are. It's, it's like timestamps here, here. Here's me yeah. then. Here's me now. Here's me. Mm -hmm. the, you know, uh, which is not that, what I'm really asking is, please don't take it down. All right, I won't. I, it's settled. It's settled. We'll say yeah, please. Yeah. I really like it. <laughs> So you mentioned the uh, the hill figs earlier. How did I how did sure you connect did. with those guys? Did, oh, did man. you know them before you got to Louisville? No, let me tell you. Oh, actually, it's a really cool story. Uh, so it it was my girlfriend and I's anniversary, and we went out to uh, this place called the Champagnery on Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville, and we're sitting like on this outside patio area, and um, we both have a really similar taste in well literally most everything <laughs> art related and creative related but music especially um so we're sitting out there and you know we're enjoying our champagne and uh you just hear somebody singing and this was like quarantine had just started lifting and places were kind of kind of opening and we hadn't seen live music in forever and so we just like hear this live music coming from somewhere and we're just finishing up and we were like, let's, should we go find out where that is? And we we're like, yeah, let's go. So we literally walk, I think it was one door down from where we were at. Uh, and they were playing on the patio at Ostra. Mm -hmm. Dude, Tyler made me cry, man. Oh, I Tyler was, will get you. Oh you talk God. about, yeah. Like, oh you, like yourself, he's God. another outstanding songwriter. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh. Yeah, there's, there's a <laughs> lot of mutual respect between us, I think, in that way. But, um... Yeah, you know, we sat down and I was just like, who the fuck <laughs> is this? And then Kali is so tasteful. Like the way that he accompanies. Uh, he, man, doesn't, 
He doesn't overdo anything. He makes the best choices. Mm-hmm. He makes the best choices. I including love playing it. that little bitty guitar during uh, one of the videos. That was a good choice. And he has a great mustache. <laughs> a great, and he has a great mustache. <laughs> and I can't like when I think of Kali in my head right now. He's got a, a big ass smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I can see it. Yep, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So they were playing, and then, um, you know, we had just gotten here and I didn't know where to play or whatever and the waitress came over and I was like hey do you know like I kind of asked about you know how do people play here or like do you know any other places around town where musicians can play and she was like I don't really know but Kali would know so then Kali came over you know they finished their set Kali comes over and he's like sort I could tell he sort of was like who the hell is this you know (laughs) he's like hey uh, so and so said that you were wondering about the, the music scene and I was like yeah and so we started talking a little bit and um, he's like, well, what vibe is your stuff? And I was like, well, you know, like, um, have you heard of Gems on VHS? <laughs> and he, like, inst- like that, that's the deal. Like, we, yeah. we've been friends ever since. Yeah, he was like, yeah. And his whole demeanor changed. Not like, I don't know. In in my head at the time, he kind of was like, who 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 are you? Gems, like, what do you want? You gems know? on VHS. And the second is, I mentioned gems is, is somewhat niche, man. If you know what that is, it, it's yeah, like okay, you yeah. know about songwriting. Well, you know, come then come to find out. Yeah, he's like, oh, I do know because Tyler just, Tyler won, just won it, it. and yeah. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, here, check this song out. Like, oh geez, and then he goes, hey, now check this song out. And then yeah, the dude can write. I knew grab that bottle right there. So. Oh man, he's... so that's how. Yeah, that's how that's how we met the Hill Figs, and um, thank you, sir. It's that's been, a, that's fortuitous. That's very. That's the that's well, all oh, that was the a perfect sound. guys to meet. Yeah, they're the perfect guys to meet in that situation. Oh my god, I felt so lucky. I was just like, of all the people to run into, I mean, the way that it, I don't know, we just mesh. Yeah, it's so good, and they were at the time. Um, trying to finish mixing the their album, and Kali was like, I mean, you know how I'm. I don't know. Do you guys mix or do you guys produce or? Yeah, well, we're trying. Yeah, we're working on I it. I mean, any, we dabble. Anyone who's tried mixing knows <laughs> it's like the devil's work. It's yeah. so that's Brad. He actually does mix. He uh, yeah. is trying to be real sweet in here, but but I actually enjoy it. Yeah, he, he's but he is a glutton for punishment. See, yeah. that's not I mean, me. I, I'm not that guy. I I enjoyed it as well. And Kali yeah, <laughs> had told me, it was so funny. He was like, yeah, when I first started, because he like spearheaded the recording and doing everything, the whole production of it. He was just like, let's do it. And man, I remember him telling me when he first downloaded Logic, he thought it was the same thing as Pro Tools. <laughs> and I was like, and you know, I'm listening to these mixes that he has. And I'm like, dude, these are like good how you know and you didn't know logic and you know he just <laughs> college just has good taste yeah but he was like getting a little bit exhausted from you know if you're recording it and you're trying to mix it and do all the things so he was like can you help me and i was like i would literally be like i would pay you <laughs> to let me open up these sessions you know um so we spent i don't know god months going back and forth between the two of us finishing those mixes and it was like such a fun process. Well, and to be able to be the artist and have control over what your sound is is important because nobody knows what you want to hear more than you do. So totally yeah. and there's so many different 
little things that'll change the way that it sounds from in there to in your ears. That that could hurt. I mean, if it becomes a little tinnier, it's yep. so important yep. to be able to have that that type of relationship with anybody that you're working with in that type of capacity. So yeah, I mean, that's why I know as much as I do about production and mixing is because I am a control freak. Like I, have, <laughs> you know, I have I have a picture in my head of how I want it to sound, and I think that's also part of why it's taken me so long to put music out because, mm. you know. At first, I was just like, I had some bad experiences with producers and I was like, fuck this. I, I literally have to learn how to do everything myself so that I can get what I want. Mm. And then I realized, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe that's not it either. But it's great <laughs> to have the, the knowledge and to be able to, commu- to communicate. But when I found, something clicked for me right before I found Josh, where I was like, okay, it's not about, because I kept looking for producers that had like the credentials. Like they were someone that was a good qualified producer. But mm-hmm. what I was missing and what the real key is, like I would rather have someone who has a similar similar taste mm-hmm. to me that I don't have to... I mean, the worst thing is like when you have an idea in your head and you're trying to explain it to somebody and they just don't get it. And you, you, almost, you almost wonder if somebody though that that is what you're originally looking for, somebody with a reputation and they produce this person this person mm-hmm. would listen to you mm-hmm. are you a do you communicate yeah, that's a good point too. do you communicate or is your ego set because you made this producer right. you produce this record now you're known for this right you know i think it the value of having someone that has an open mind enough to go what do you want to hear here's my mix what do you hear that you yeah. think would be better or that it's your art how do you, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. You almost wonder if that, you know, and that's something I think that we've got to watch out for. You know, if we do get people in here that want to, we can't get in a, this is, this is what I hear. This is what everything needs to sound like. It's got to yeah. be, Mm-mm. what do you want first? How do you, what are you hearing? What do you think needs to be done? What do you want brought out in the mix? What do you, I think it's, that's, I think that's key. And well, you probably think, found the perfect person oh for you. Oh my God. I, mean, I cannot on. say enough. I cannot say enough good things about Josh Frigo. I mean, like guy, somebody, some, if you're guy. in Nashville or if you're not in Nashville, go to Nashville. If you need to record something, record with this guy. I mean, he is one of my favorite humans on earth. He's the nicest guy. He's so fucking talented. And he's so, you know, exactly what you just said about like, He's like, you know, this is your art and I'm like part of the vessel that's bringing it to life, but it's your vision, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And the thing about approaching something in that way is that you'll actually get further with your ideas with the artist mm-hmm. if you're not trying to, you know, put your foot down and tell them you know what's best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, it becomes a collaborative thing and I wanted his input. You know, I listened to... He had a... He had a band... I think they're called Coyote Talk, but I don't know if that's the name of the album. And I'm getting confused. I don't know. He had a band and they put out an album and I listened to the album and I was like, this is the guy. Because I could hear in the music choices that I would have made, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to have to explain myself to this guy. And also, he's going to be able to contribute ideas that I'll like, but I wouldn't have had myself mm. because of I, the taste that I'm hearing on this record. Wow, which, yeah. which kind of which kind of goes back to you know you bringing in the demo of mm-hmm. 
the last song, old uh, old ways, old ways, and and which now makes me want to hear what the actual finished product is well, even that's more. The plan. That was the plan all along. <laughs> because, gotcha. because now here's your here's what you had from the original part. Mm-hmm. Here's your collaboration with Josh on the finished product, which I know you had a ton of. Uh, uh, decision making in, but also had him bringing in his decision making. Yeah, I mean, making. it would not. Yeah, he. Yeah, he came through. I can't wait to hear it now. Speaking of old ways, let's, let's hear. Let's, let's hear, hear another one. one. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear "Burn the Couch." <laughs> Tell us about "Burn the Couch." Burn the Couch. Oh man, is this a UK win uh, Lexington song? Is that what that is? is this is what <laughs> UK does when they win. The, the they burn couches when they win <laughs> national championship. <laughs> no, now, it's now definitely in, not. Now that you're in the state, you need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not sports related. All right. Um, <laughs> this song. This is another one of those songs that I didn't really think other people would like that much. And the more people that I'm like showing the EP to, this is becoming one of the standout songs that people are like, this is really cool. And it's diff- it's it's just a little bit different than what I usually do, but it it's still feels aligned. And um yeah, uh I mean different how. I feel like a lot of my stuff is very um like mellow mm-hmm. and low key and not that I mean, you know, I don't get on here and thrash or anything, but it just sort of <laughs> builds in this intensity that's that's different. Um Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to explain. I guess we got to be the judge. Yeah, here we go. Burn the couch. All right. You're not dead, but you don't so you're just as good as gone I took the couch outside where we laughed till we cried And fell asleep with the TV on You're not dead, but I can't have you So we might as well be true And I don't want to live without the way that you kiss So I might will be too Cause we had true Yeah. 
Builds up because <laughs> it just builds up in intensity, man. Sitting here listening to these songs and headphones, man, you like get transported. You really do. <laughs> I always there's something about listening to a, a studio track in headphones where you just get it all. It takes you to the place. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, just phenomenal. Overall, for me, not that I'm. Uh, it's a critique or anything. Just such a, a phenomenal songwriter. Mm-hmm. You're just you. such a phenomenal songwriter. That's, Everything it that just makes me feel so good. Just, it's it's just awesome. The, yeah, the imagery. You know, yeah. as you're listening to the song. Yeah. I I wish that I could like paint a you paint a picture with your words. I wish I could do that. I wish I was the type of person that could do that. Here's a song. I'm going to write this story. I'm going to sum it all up. I'm going to make you feel what I feel, and I'm going to put it in these words that are so perfect that you know what I'm talking about. It's so well done. I mean, that's exact like what you just said. You're this is my I'm I'm like pinch me. I'm gonna wake up right now. No. <laughs> I mean that what you just said is exactly what I'm going for. Well, you're so it's it. really good to hear that. Mm-hmm. It's so like the word choice is so important to me. Yeah. Like well, you, you what, can tell. Even I mean, like even earlier that. when when I when you were like when I was talking about the piano and I said it was rigid and you were like, yes, rigid. That's the word. Like that feeling of the, like just the right word is so good. It's just such a good feeling. You found a lot of right words. It helps. Mm -hmm. I guess it really helps with the songwriting and communicating. Well, I would just have to say as a, as a fan, do me a favor Man. and don't wait seven years for your next one. Okay, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right? Because uh, it's unfair to people that appreciate what you're doing. Listen, to, I had to, to find Josh. Seven years. Ah, there well, you go, Josh. Will, Josh, yeah. hey, Josh, you're great, but he, you didn't write that shit, man. No, but he couldn't, I couldn't have done it without him. Could, it, wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't sound like this. And, well, and you know, uh, John needed Paul. Everybody needs yep, somebody. Yep. So if, if Josh is what uh, helps... Like propel us to maybe once a year instead of once every seven year releases. We're we're cool with that, man. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of my biggest. Um, I guess it can't be a regret because it. I did. 
I just had to go through the shit I had to go through to discover the sound and to write the songs that needed to mm. be written. But now, yeah, there's no way in hell I'm going that long again. Yeah. It yeah, took we so we long know, to figure we out. We won't look the, back and call it a regret. No yeah. now, now we got to go. Well, yeah. it's kind of, well, it, it kind <laughs> of takes Because you. I took so long to craft it and to find the right people, you know, I know who I want to produce. I know who I want to mix. I know who I want to master. It's like, I have sort of like the pipeline now for getting it done. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, I mean, and also, well, and, I, listen, I got a backlog of songs that and I'm ready to go. You've so. established trust. Here's, here's, yeah. here's, yeah, yeah. here's my huge. people and here's who I trust with, mm-hmm. with every, my, my soul. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's huge. You found that you found your group, you found your people that you trust with your music, and um, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I just love it. I'm blown away by the songwriting. Yeah, me too. And well, so I, far, I really had something else to say that I forgot. Okay, go ahead. I don't remember. I forgot it. Well, yeah, I'll come, I remember it as soon it. as this stops. But for our <laughs> listeners that want to become Glory Days fans, tell us where they can find you on the socials. Find you on. You have any websites or where your yes. music, all, all, um, all that good I'm, stuff? I'm Hey Glory Days on pretty much everything. Um, hey, like, as in hello, not as in horses. <laughs> uh, glory is in Glory and Days is D-A-Z-E, not Days of the Week. All but right. yeah, Instagram, um, if you go to my website, heyglorydays.com, there's a little, um, like a mailing list sign up there. It's probably a good place to get updates on stuff. That and probably Instagram I'm the most active on. All right, so the big uh, April 9th, well, April right? 9th. April 9th is the April 8th, the EP drops. April 8th, that's that was the April big 9th April 8th, is the EP the drops. Whirling Tiger show. Whirling Tiger. With the, the double release show with the Hill Figs, it's going to be fire. That's going to oh, be yeah. amazing. We're, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to make show. sure. We're already planning. It's going to be so good. That's going to be awesome. All right. Well, we're going to go out. We appreciate you uh, talking to us for the last yeah, hour. We're going to go out with every aching memory. Tell us about that one. This is, um, this was the last song. This song actually wasn't going to be on the EP because mm. it didn't exist yet. Um, and I sent, <gasps> I think. Wait, yeah. I remembered what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, I knew you would. I, I knew did. you would. All right, so it was just like the, you know, the first EP, you know how when you write a song, you walk away. You walked away for seven years. You came back, you wrote the second verse, which is the new stuff. And now you just keep writing. I'm sorry. I interrupted your uh, stuff to say that. No, it's good. <laughs> it was I knew, not that good. I knew it would come, I knew <laughs> what, it would come what back did you to say? you. You don't even know what I just said? You know how we were talking about songwriting? Sometimes yeah. you just write a little bit and then you, you were asking, when do you walk away? And for, for a while, you know, there was nothing going on. Now it's back. You know, the, the, the metaphor of, the of the song itself is also he's saying the metaphor of the bigger picture. I got you. You got this. I, I've, so now, yeah, writing. we're going to be, Back. we're going to have Boom. a lot of creating going on here in the next yes. few years, then, right? Yes. All right. Um, all right. All right. Now, I apologize. Can we get back to no, where we were? No, you're good. You're good. Every aching memory. <laughs> Every yeah, aching I'm memory. pretty sure I had, I had already, I don't know if I had sent Josh the songs yet, or if I just had told him, hey, I want to record, I have this EP, it's going to be three songs. And then I'm listening to these three songs, and I'm like, God, this is like really some downer depressing stuff like there's no redemption here and I mean that's just that's how I was feeling at the time I was just really beating myself up and then I just one day woke up and had this like revelation of you know this as I'm writing the song I'm like having the realization it's all coming out at the same time but um you know just this idea that like I mean I guess I'll let the song speak for itself but um it sort of like completes the 
arc of the EP, mm. I guess. Um, and just sort of like uh, was a realization of, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like my life philosophy in a chorus. Mm. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. I dig that. Yeah. Every aching memory. Well, thanks again, Glory Days. Thank we you. appreciate you hanging out with us. Very, very fun. Can't wait to do some one shots. Yeah. <laughs> To pick that flower from my hair If you loved the way I looked at you Dancing across the living room Then don't you ever say I didn't care Cause I fill my time with moments worth The pain of loss, I love, I hurt I feel it all and I've got no regrets For loving you and telling you Don't act like I was selling you Promise that I never could have kept Some beauty is so boundless It could stand the test of mountains Some beauty fades like palms left in the sun And if you ever really loved me Then you'd probably also die you ever thought I could have been the one Well I had doubts too You remember when I drove you to the hospital The tender way I laughed and held your hand If the path we took to cross it all didn't feel like getting lost at all Then don't you dare say I don't understand Because some beauty is so boundless it could stand the test of mountains Some beauty fades like poems left in the sun if you ever really loved me, then you probably also doubted how you ever thought I could have been the one. Well, I had doubts too, but I know that I loved you. Oh, baby, we're all gonna die. Might as well live while you're alive. Might as well feel everything that. Well, say it when you mean it, even if it's not forever. Flowers bloom and die each season, doesn't mean they aren't real. And I hope one day you'll see my way that every aching memory was beautiful and worth the time we spent. Cause I fill my life with moments worth. The pain of loss I love, I hurt, I feel it all And I've got no 